Welcome back to After the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. We're going to be talking to Tony Martin. He's taking on Johnny Case this weekend. It's a grudge match. They don't like each other. And you know, Tony Martin's a guy that goes from fighting on the regional scene to all of a sudden he's fighting Rashid Magomedov and Benil Dariush inside the UFC's octagon. But he persevered, he's on a win streak, and now he's poised to take on Johnny Case this weekend. And then we're talking to Drakkar Close. He's fighting the very hyped Mark DeCasey. You know he's going to be an underdog. He wants to go out there and derail the hype train of Mark DeCasey. So you know we had to catch up with Drakkar. But first up, Tony Martin. Here we go. Joining me now is Tony Martin. Tony, welcome back to After Battle. Hey, how's it going, buddy? How, how are you doing? Doing amazing. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. So, man, the fight's coming up. You and Johnny Case is going down this coming weekend, Oklahoma City. How are you feeling about the matchup, man? I think the matchup's great. I think that all around, I'm better everywhere. And I think I, you know, I'm a lot bigger, a lot stronger. And just a better all-around athlete, and I think technically I'm better everywhere. So I, I think it's a great matchup for me and a great name for me to just really get a little bit more exposure in the UFC and uh, really put on a good show. What's the history between you two? Because it sounded like a fight that you really wanted. Yeah, no, I've, you know, like I said, I've been trying to fight him for about four or five years now. When we grew up, you know, I was in Minnesota, he was in Iowa. And uh, when I went pro, he was already had like 16 to 18 fights. And then I found, I heard of him, you know, when I was 1-0 pro. And uh, we were in the back and, you know, I didn't know who he was. And I was asking around and I was trying to fight him ever since then. And then uh, his management and him has made one excuse after another uh, not to fight. You know, I first started where <clears throat> they were saying I didn't have enough experience. And they're like, oh, that's a UFC level fight. Then we get to the UFC and... Uh, you know, I was coming off my first win off of Fabricio, and uh, he called out Joe Ellenberger. Joe Ellenberger was a Chicago guy. He's like, "Hey, let's 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 fight." Uh, he was talking to Joe, saying, "You know, I want a Midwest fight. It'll be great for the fans." So I said, so I jumped on his Facebook, and I was all polite about it. You know, I, at this time I didn't have any uh, beefs with him or anything, and I was like, "Hey, you know, if you want a Midwest fight, I'm healthy, I'm ready, and, and we can fight." And then he was just kind of disrespectful and just like. How about if you talk to the UFC, I'll smash you and Joe in the same night. And so after that, I was like, all right, it's game on. Like, it's it's time for us to fight. So after that, I tried to call him out. I'm like, okay, the Chicago card came up. Another Chicago card came up. And then my last fight in Phoenix, he was running the UFC Snapchat. And uh, he was running that. And then he's like, he's talking crap during my fight pretty much. Just saying, oh, now that that's over, let's get to the real fights. So my buddies told me about it. So I, I, I called him out on it, and I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? You're talking all this shit? Like, let's fight. Like, you're going to talk all this when, with, when I can't even hear you? I didn't even have Snapchat. So I'm like, so I couldn't even hear him. So I'm like, all right. So I call him out. He blocks me on Twitter. I was telling him, let's fight in the Kansas City card. He obviously didn't want anything to do with that. So he took a fight with someone else. Uh, and so after that, I was like, all right, me and Johnny Case, we're never going to fight. Like, he, everyone knows – I want to fight. I'm coming off two wins. He's coming off a loss. The fight's never made more sense for him. And uh, so I was like, all right, we're never going to fight. And then luckily, I got a, a fight offer for OKC, and I accepted right away. The opponent uh, turned down the fight. And then my manager just subtly said, hey, what about Johnny Case? And Sean's like, you know what? He just emailed me an hour ago. 
I'm going to tell him he's fighting Tony Martin because he just pulled out of that Kansas City fight, and then he messaged him that he wants to fight. He's coming off a loss. He had no, he, had, he couldn't say no to the fight anymore. So I'm super excited. I don't like the guy. I don't like his personality. I think he's arrogant. I think he's a douchebag. And there's no one else that I'd rather punch in the face right now. So this stems back from the regional days? Yeah, since I was 1-0 as a pro, man, I've he's been on the radar. So I'm excited, you know. And like I said, I didn't, I didn't dislike him until pretty much that comment on Facebook, and that was it. After that, I was like, this guy's a douchebag. And I took the fight. When I announced the fight, this isn't, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a storyteller. You know, I tell people the truth. I, I stick to the truth. It's always easiest. Um, I had eight random people message me saying, hey, I know you don't know me, but I hope you smash him. He's a douchebag. He's arrogant. And just, I'm talking like eight different people I've never talked to in my life. So I'm like, he's obviously rubbing a lot of people that same way. And, you know, it's time for me to get in there and smash him. Is this the first time that you've ever had this kind of beef with an opponent going into a fight? Yeah, it's the first time. I've never never even known anyone that I've fought, really. Uh, so I'm definitely excited. I think that it's going to bring out the best of me in there. And I think that uh, as long as I fight, you know, without emotion, that it's going to be a great fight for me. I, I love the matchup. I've always liked the matchup. I think uh, he's prone to... My skill set is prone to killing his. You know, I think that, and I think he's had a very easy run in the UFC. I think that he's had, uh, you know, very average opponents at best. And the fight before the UFC, I think he lost that fight 30-27. And he was just in his hometown, got a hometown decision. So, so I'm not, not impressed with Case. And he acts like he's a world beater. And I just am just happy to put him in his place. I, I fully expect a finish. Uh, I'm thinking second round, I think, you know, First round, uh, he'll be, you know, a lot more movement, a little flashy. And, uh, you know, I just got to wear on him. I got to wear on him on the feet. I got to get after him on the ground. I got to get after him. And I'm just going to wear him down and I'm going to break him. You know, I think uh, I think he's got a quitter mentality in him. I really do. I think that you really put him in a bad spot and, and he'll fold down, you know. And I think that uh, anytime you see him get cracked, he doesn't seem like he reacts the greatest. So I definitely – want to get after him like i said on the feet on the ground no matter where the fight goes i think i have the advantage and i just got to go out there now on the 25th and perform so you're coming off a very impressive and very dominant win over alex white and alex white's a very underrated crafty guy what was your overall assessment of that fight you know i think that you know i went in there with a game plan and everything was going to plan until the nut cups you know, situation went down and, uh, you know, I wear a Muay Thai cup and the, the, the string broke. So all of a sudden the cup was dangling around. I didn't really know what to do. So we just threw it in my spandex and spandex don't really, it's not holding the cup in place. So I think that threw off my whole game plan and then I went into a grappling, but you know, it was, uh, you know, like you said, it was 30, 27, easy in and out win. And he was tough, though, man. He's one of those guys that just sticks around. He finds a way to stick in the fights. So I definitely would have liked to get a finish. But, uh, you know, I'm just happy to win the fights. And I fully expect this to be my best performance coming up, though. Definitely. Now, in that fight, you know, even though it was 30-27, he had one moment. He landed one good shot. I mean, what was it like, you know, getting a chance to overcome adversity inside the octagon, show everyone how tough you are? Honestly, you know, it was weird. It was just one of those shots that, you didn't feel anything at all, so I didn't feel anything. It just like I could just feel the legs move a little bit, so it just hit my equilibrium a little bit and threw me off. And 
I just, like you said, you know, I stayed away. I recovered. And just one of those things that, you know, when I remember uh, I read uh, George's, George St. Pierre's book about when he got cracked by Matt Sarah. He's like, you know, my biggest regret was that I just wanted to hit him right away instead of just circling off, staying away, recover fully, and then get it back in there. So it was nice to just feel like I had that maturity and that thought process that, uh, to like, okay, just circle off, feel good, and then get back after the game plan. So, I mean, you're a guy that's, you know, you've been fed to the wolves since your UFC debut. I mean, you go from the regional scene to all of a sudden you're fighting Rashid and Benny. Do you feel like now you're really starting to find yourself, you're finding your groove, and we're really starting to see the real Tony Martin? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, uh, I don't think that I was a true, my, I think my athletic ability brought me to the UFC. I think that uh, my skill set wasn't UFC level until the Felipe Oliveri fight, and I think that that was truly, you know, when my skill set was at that level. You know, I think that uh, before I got, right before I got in the UFC, I was just an athlete. You know, I was still three years of training only. Uh, I got in the UFC with three years. I have no background. I didn't come from a wrestling background. I didn't come from any striking backgrounds. So I was literally just an athlete three years in. And like you said, I'm fighting Rashid Magomedov, Benil Darush, uh, the, you know, so it's like these, the, this lineup I went in right away. But I think later on, you know, in the next couple of years, I'll definitely look back and be like, you know, I learned a lot of lessons from them. You know, granted, I would have liked to learn them a different way, but uh, that's just the way it is. And I'm just, I just take my lumps and I keep moving forward. And that's it. I just try to get better every single fight. And I truly think, uh, you know, I'm still three, four years out from my prime. And I think that I already feel phenomenal. I train with a lot of high-level guys, and I feel like I, I hang in there with the best guys in the world. So you're feeling great about your career progression. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, as long as, you know, I stay on the track that I'm on, that, you know, I think a lot of good things are looking looking in my near future, actually. Now, before I let you go, I got to ask you about a couple fight picks, man, because look, John Jones, he's rematching DC. Is this simply a case where Jones has DC's number, or do you think that Daniel Cormier can make the proper adjustments to go out there and hand John Jones his first ever legitimate defeat? Nah, there's there's no way he's beating John Jones. I mean, ah, uh, I just don't see it. If he did, you know, I'd be I'd be in utter shock. I think it'd be one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. But like you said, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you, if Usado really affected him. You know, he says he wasn't on stuff, but he got popped hot. So it's like uh, one of those things. It's too many things, you know, life decisions that John Jones has made that just don't add up, you know, it doesn't add up to what he says he is as a person, but hopefully he changes, you know, and, and that we really see the best John Jones. But if we see the best John Jones, there's no one at 205 that's going to touch him. He's, he's, he's could definitely has the potential to be the best fighter ever. And he's already knocking on the door, but I want to see how he is now and how he's fighting after the USADA, after the allegations, after his suspension, and, you know, but I, I think that his skill level is still way too, it's just, it, he's made, DC just has that weird body type that it's a tough division to be in. You know, he's, he's so short and Jones is so good at using weird length that, and he's so good everywhere. But I would be, I fully expect John Jones to win that fight. So, Yoel Romero's taking on Robert Whitaker. And man, I think that that's one of the best matchups that they could make. It's I mean, it's unbelievable. Literally two of the top guys in that weight class, or just pound for pound. Who you give the edge to in that one, man? Well, I'm definitely going to give the, the edge to Yoel. I think that I, I met Yoel 
and trained with him and he's genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met. You know, he's, uh, he works hard and the guy is a legitimate freak of freaks. You know, he, he, he's probably the most athletic guy that to ever touch the octagon. And the issue always comes down to is the cardio. Is his cardio going to hold? You know, that's always the question because that guy, when he explodes, he's the scariest. Like I said, I told people, you give that guy, you tell, you put him in the, in the cage with anyone in the world. It doesn't matter who it is. You say, hey, it's just a five-minute fight. There's no one in the world that can touch this guy. He's just too explosive, too powerful, too fast. So I definitely give him the edge. But, you know, I was at the Whitaker and uh, 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 Jocker. And that was, uh, that was a great great performance. I thought it was a good matchup for him, though. You know, I think that uh, Jocker doesn't have the greatest wrestling, you know, and uh, I thought that Whitaker would be a lot faster. But Yoel's a freak, man. He, he's a legit one of those freaks of, you know, he's he might really be a soldier of God. I don't know. He might, <laughs> might be. <laughs> Tony, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to tell the fans. Go ahead. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, buddy. I appreciate it. And then, yeah, just give me a follow on T Martin MMA at Twitter, my uh, Instagram I'm on now, Facebook. Feel free to reach out. I try to get back to everybody. And, uh, yeah, so send me any of your thoughts, questions, whatever, hate mail, whatever you want, whatever you got. And, uh, you know, just want to thank you guys, thank my family, friends, training partners, coaches. And, uh, yeah, so tune in June 25th. Uh, it's going down in Oklahoma City. Joining me now is Drakkar Close. Drakkar, welcome to Half the Battle. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. You got it. So you're taking on Mark DeCasey. I mean, when the fans heard that this fight was announced, I mean, we're all pretty excited because you come to bang, he comes to bang. How do you feel about the matchup? Uh, I think I'm a bad matchup for him. Uh, he has all this hype behind him. Uh, I can't wait to take it away from him. You feel like it's going to be one of those signature, you know, MMA lab performances where he might come out hard in that first round and you take over the next two or what? Um, my I ho Hopefully I could dominate all three rounds, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give him any momentum in the fight. Uh, I just want to be able to take control of it and have him play catch up. What areas of the fight do you think you have the advantage in? Um... I think I'm a better striker, better grappler. Uh, I, th I think I think all everything, every every part of the the MMA. I think I'm better than him. So you won the first verbal exchange. We all saw it online on Twitter. Pretty pretty damn hilarious. You feel like you got the psychological edge going into this one? Yeah, yeah. After that, he didn't say anything back to me. Uh, it's like he he tried to talk shit to me. Uh, I grew up with five brothers, like. Come on, now. I, I grew up talking shit. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of funny because you're actually, you're going to be the underdog for this fight. How do you feel about that? Uh, that's good. I, I like it, you know. Uh, there's no pressure on me. All the pressure's on him. Um, well, like I said, he has all the hype. Can't wait to take that away from him. And hopefully the UFC starts to, you know, push my name. Now, in your UFC debut... Now, you, you beat this boy really, really bad. Were you surprised that he wouldn't go down? Uh, yeah, he's tough, man. I just I just wish he would have uh, came with a little bit more, like, fire and wanted to fight me. It was like, it's hard to, 
you know, not finish someone when they're running the whole time. But uh, but I know this fight, he's he's going to come at me. So it's, it's going to be a real entertaining fight. Now, I got to ask you, since you were the guy that was inside the octagon with, with Devin Powell, do you feel like that's the kind of ass-whooping where he's not going to come back the same, or do you think he'll come back better? I'm just asking because I'm a betting man. Uh, I just don't know who, who, who they would like compare him with. Um, I don't, I don't see him winning any fights in the UFC. That's all I needed to know, man. So, uh, the fans still don't know much about you, man. What, what do you think they can expect in years to come? Fireworks. Uh, always going to put on a, a great performance or not a good performance, but you know, fireworks, you know, um, I'm going to lay it all on the line. You know, I've, I've been competing my whole life, uh, you know, so I can't wait to get in there. How'd you uh, how'd you even get into the fight game, man? Uh, it's weird. Um, after college wrestling, uh, I had moved down to Tucson, and uh, I walked into a bowling alley, and uh, Mike Whitehead came down in Tucson, and he came up and uh, asked me if I wanted to do MMA, and I was like, yeah, and uh, that's how I started. And then uh, he had went to prison. And I started just training on my own and uh, met John Crouch at a jiu-jitsu tournament. And uh, he told me if I ever move up to Phoenix, uh, I'm welcome to train there. And as soon as he told me that, uh, I packed my bags and moved to Phoenix. Oh, wow. Just like that? Yes, sir. That's badass, man. And then the rest is history? Yes, sir. The rest is history. So, do you have a like an amateur career at the MMA lab, or or what, what's the deal? Um, I was seven and zero as an amateur. I think I believe four of those fights were with the lab. So, so most of my career has been with the with the MMA lab. Okay, and how do you feel about your career progression? You feel like you've been making big strides every single fight. Uh, always, if if you're not if you're not evolving, uh, why are you doing this? You know. Each each fight should be different. You should learn something, and uh, and I think I have each fight. So, I think it's an awesome place. What's it like training with the legend Benson Henderson? Oh man, my first time ever at the gym. Uh, I was I was still an amateur, and uh, I came on a Sunday, and they threw me in there with him. I was so scared. Uh, he dropped me, but uh, you know. It's good to get in there with the best. Uh, you learn, and now I can see how far I uh, improved. Um, now I, I just love it, man. I'm I'm glad, I'm glad that he's there. He's a mentor. He's a captain. Uh, I'm just following in his footsteps. Where are you originally from, man? Uh, I'm originally from uh, South Haven, Michigan. Okay. Did you uh, get into a bunch of street fights growing up, or did you do martial arts? Like, how, how did this all start? Because you told me about how your actual career started, but what piqued your interest in fighting? Uh, I was a troubled kid in, uh, in elementary school, and my wrestling coach then had uh, talked to my mom and got us into wrestling, me and all my brothers. And that's how I pretty much started with wrestling. Started in fourth grade. Uh, he was my coach from fourth grade all the way until when I graduated high school. And then I went on to uh, uh, pursue uh, wrestling in college. 
you feel like you could be a good example from kids that came from, you know, similar situations that you can turn your life around, you can do great things? Yeah, of course. Uh, especially in my town, uh, not, not many people leave South Haven. And uh, I just want to let the kids know that there's, there's more things than just South Haven. Get out and ex explore the world, you know. So I, I just hope uh, I'm showing them the, the right path. I mean, what are your goals, man? What are your aspirations? How far are you looking to take this? Just like every every other fighter, I want I want to I want to be the champion at this. Uh, I want to be the best I can be. You know, um, if, if I'm never the champion, I just want to know that I put a hundred percent into what you know it took to try to be the champion. I don't want any regrets. I have, I live with a lot of regrets uh, from wrestling. Um, I don't want to do the same with MMA. You said you live with a lot of regrets from wrestling, but do you feel like the adversity you've been through the past is, you know, what's, I mean, in turn making you the man you are today? Yeah, of course, of course. But I, I should have been a three-time state champion, uh, only one state once. You know, I always, I still think about those those state final matches I had where I could have won, did trained a little harder. Um, I just don't want to, uh, I don't want that to happen with MMA. I want to know. I make sure I put a hundred percent in. Sounds like that drives you to to be better every day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and this guy I'm fighting. He, uh, I seen him in Vegas, and he was just talking shit the whole time. Man, mm -hmm. a motivated Jakar is. Uh, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think he wants to see that. Oh yeah, you uh, you mind sharing with the fans what what went down? Uh, we were at the USC retreat, and uh. I, he was just staring at me, and I was like, "What? What are you looking at?" You know. And then he, you know, he likes to run his mouth. He got in. I was like, "Hey, you're not intimidating me. We're gonna fight July 7th. And uh, just a whole bunch of you know back and forth going on. But uh, I can't wait to uh, shut his mouth July 7th. Is this uh, the first time you've gone to a fight? You know, having a beef with your opponent? No, no. Uh, <laughs> this happened back in high school wrestling. You know, always. Always talking shit to other guys, but you know, I'm not. I'm still gonna go in there, clear my. I'm not gonna let emotions get involved in this fight. What is it about fighters from the lab that you know your your gym has a reputation for? You guys go out there and break your opponents mentally and physically, like Brian Barberena, um, Benson, all these guys. Uh, our our worth, our worth ethic. Uh, we go in and you know, we make sure we do what we need to, so when we get in the fight. That's the fun and easy part. We make sure we go to strength and conditioning. Uh, we're pushing each other. Uh, that's what uh, separates us from all the other gyms out there. Now, before I let you go, I got to ask you your opinion on what I think are two of the most anticipated fights of 2017. So we got Robert Whitaker taking on Yoel Romero. And, I mean, isn't that just an incredible matchup, man? I mean, who, who do you give the edge to in that one? Uh, I like uh, Whitaker. I like him. He's uh, he's exciting to watch. I really don't like uh, Romero. Uh, just all the, the past stuff he's been doing, sitting on the stool and all that. Um, he just seems a little lazy to me. Now, John Jones is taking on DC. You think it's simply a case where Jones has DC's number, or do you think DC can make the proper adjustments to go out there and hand John Jones a legitimate defeat? DC's my boy. Uh... I'm going with DC. Uh, I don't know. I just hope hope he uh, can pull it off. You know, 
uh, John Jones, he, he's the greatest. But uh, I think DC, he, he's up there. So hopefully he can pull that off. Well, Drakkar, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to tell the fans. Go ahead. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at Drakkar Close. Uh, I would like to thank everyone at the MMA Lab, everyone in Michigan, everyone in Arizona, everyone every, uh, everyone around the world. Uh, just make sure you tune in July 7th. It's going to be an awesome fight. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Tony Martin and Drakkar Close. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down UFC OKC, Kiesa versus Kevin Lee. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.